Welcome to this month's GPS Training Podcast. It's our 20th episode. In this month's podcast, we have Tom from Garmin, Ian, who delivers our training course in the south of England, and some of our participants from a recent GPS training course, and myself, of course, John. So, without further ado, let's get on with today's podcast. It's our 20th podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to have a look at the following. We talked to some of our participants on one of our recent GPS training courses in Mungrisdale in the wonderful Lake District. We talk over with Ian, our trainer from the south of England, downloading GPX files. What are they and what are some good sources to get these from? I also chat with Tom from Garmin, but this time he has a different hat on his head. He's also a scout leader, so we're going to discuss and talk over how they have used the Garmin InReach 2A satellite communicators. And then we've got Ian's FAQs, the questions he has been asked by participants on both his Garmin and SatMap courses. The next thing we've got on the podcast this month is a bit of a chat from our Mongrisdale course. So we're based in the Lake District. It's our second day. It's lunchtime on the Sunday and we've been doing our two-day Garmin GPS training course. And I've got a few of the uh, participants on that course who are having a bit of a chat about what they've learned and their bit of experiences from the last day and a half so far. So the first chat I've got is John and David. So we've just been doing base camp this morning, haven't we? We have indeed. Yeah. So again, I must welcome you first of all to the podcast. Thank you very much for coming and agreeing to be on the Thank podcast. You. John, where are you from and a bit of your GPS uh, background and experiences? I'm walking, of course. Yeah, okay. Uh, South Cambria, so I'm, I'm blessed where I live. And um, I do a lot of uh, long distance walking uh, these days, since I've retired anyway, uh, in, uh, in Spain and Portugal. Fantastic. So you're walking this country and overseas as indeed, well? Indeed, yes. I do a lot of walking the lakes. We're yeah. going to cover overseas stuff this afternoon, aren't we? So we're that's what we're going to cover we're there. Indeed. And David, you're from? I'm from Wigan and uh, not really known for its hilly uh, contours, but all my walking is done in Cumbria, in the Lake District. Fantastic. Yeah. And John, you've got a Oregon 550T, and you've got a Montana, Montana David 7... 610, sorry. We don't even know how you this, do we? It's a 610, it is. 610, yeah. So you went that because you've got a slightly larger screen, haven't you? Yes, yeah. So before you come on the course uh, this weekend, what have you been getting out of your GPS units? What have you been kind of using it for? Have you been using it for anything? I'm, I'm going to go to Dave because he's looking at me now. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, to say um, something. I mean, I, I've had the, the unit just over 12 months, and um, with the help of yourselves, I've used it on a basic level, a very basic level. And I've downloaded walks onto it and I muggled my way through, but hence the reason for coming on this course to sort of find those uh, points that I know it's got so much more capability mm -hmm. and, and I need to just get, get more comfortable using it. And uh, that was, so that was the main aim of, of coming for this two day course. And because yesterday was solely on the unit, what key thing from yesterday or a number of key things did you take away where actually and I wouldn't have known that unless I came on the course. Um, I think going down to a really basic level was the use of the compass for more 
for me, yeah. um, which I found very helpful from a navigational point of view. Because we and put the compass on the map page, didn't we? Having that on the map page, uh, which I just hadn't used before. I was always switching backwards and forwards, and it was quite uncomfortable you know, doing that. Uh, but that was just a very basic but quite meaningful uh, hint and tip for me, yeah. Fantastic. And John, same question to you then. Mm. Yesterday, I'm looking at yesterday, and we'll come on today uh, then. So yesterday, what was the key takeaway? Something that you went, actually, I never really knew I could do that with it, or...? Believe it or not, it was turning off the navigation at the end okay. of the walk. Yeah. Uh, I, I, um, that had passed me by completely. So what we were doing yesterday, we were creating waypoints, navigating those waypoints, we created yeah. routes, we're navigating routes. Actually, yeah. you're saying at the end of that route, you, you didn't think that we needed to stop navigating no, that route no. and then also potentially save the record of that, Absolutely. which is our track. Absolutely, and, and the setup as well. Look at the um, checking your batteries, checking the, the satellite reception, um, calibrating if you'd moved any great distance or changed batteries, things like that. Those are things that, that have gone right over my head in the past. That's brilliant. And then looking on today, so I'm looking, because I'm sat in front of you, one with a Mac and one with a PC. So we've been doing Basecamp this morning, and I'm, we're doing this interview because they've flown through it. They're good class, good class, <laughs> yeah, this week. <laughs> so, uh, so it gives us a bit of an opportunity to have a chat for the podcast. So Garmin Basecamp, you both used it in the past. I'll come to David first, you've used it yeah, in the past? Yeah, I, I have used it in the past. Uh, but what I've learned from this morning is very much a case of uh, the different ways that you can create um, a route and obviously the track using the tracks as well um, but I think what I have learned is that there's no better way than actually just sitting down and doing it yeah. you've got to be spending time yeah. you know it's like any piece of working, software really isn't it yeah working right but the but the notes have been you know very useful to be able to refer to and and go back you know yeah. when I'm back home I can certainly yeah, so what we do on our day two courses, we give, um, well, day one, you get a manual of the, how to use the unit and work through that. And for day two, we get some worksheets that we've been working through how to set base camp up, how to work through some exercise about different ways of putting routes and tracks into Garmin base camp. So that's when David's returning to the notes he's going to take away. So, John, Mac user, it baffles a little bit the Mac, but we got through it in the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, what's the key thing? You, well, you've not really used it uh, much, have you, basically? By default, I'd used it with a sports watch many years ago, uh, but, um, but never ever used um, my GPS on it. Right. Uh, or with it, rather. And so, um, it's, been, uh, it's been a revelation, really, the, yeah. the potential and, uh, and all of the things that I can do. That's good. I mean, in the past, I, I've had my GPS with me, and basically I've only used it as where I am on the map, okay. rather than planning anything, um, yep. uh, so that's been it's and been You've fantastic. had your GPS for a little while then, have you, because it's a I 550, have, so yeah, you've yeah, a few so, years, Yeah, you? I've had it for some time, and, and to my shame, a lot of the time it sits on the... Um, it sits on the shelf because right. I didn't know how to use it properly. Mm -hmm. But um, so, what made you yeah. come on the course then? Because if you had a few years, what, what's this? Uh, this year, I'm going to get to grips with it. It was last it, when I went walking last year. I went walking on my own, and my wife stayed in the UK, and uh, I was talking about it, and she bought me this course as a Christmas present. Okay, all right, okay. So she she knew <laughs> she knew how uh, how vague I was about GPSs and thought. Uh, here's, here's an opportunity and uh, you know great present I really enjoyed it fantastic so thank you very much David and John for joining me on the podcast I've got another thank two you. people to talk to so I'm going to jump to the side of the room I'm going to have a chat uh, with David and Margaret about their experience of the course but thanks guys for joining me it's very much appreciated thank you.
Also, a couple of other people on the course uh, this week uh, uh, said they would talk to us. I've got David, David Beast, another two Davids, and I've also got Margaret. So welcome to the GPS Training Podcast. Thank you. So ladies, first Margaret, where are you from and a little bit about the background of your walking experiences? I'm from East Yorkshire and do, in the past, have done a lot of walking. Now I'm retired and not quite as fit, I'm not doing as much, but I enjoy walking on the Yorkshire Moors and come over to the lakes. Brilliant. And you've not had your unit that long, because you've got an Oregon 700 with new it's Topo Pro 150k mapping, haven't you? It's a new unit to me, but I did have an Oregon 450 okay. about seven, eight years ago and decided to upgrade because I thought the mapping was getting better and so forth. So you've got the Topo Pro mapping then. I've also seen that you've got the, you've downloaded 125,000 mapping for Northern England, Yorkshire, the Lake Districts. Where else to go walking? Basically, I've done a cross country from the west coast to the east coast so I'm get, getting the Yorkshire walls uh, and so all the areas that I go I've got 1 to 25 and then I've got the topo for the elsewhere so it's brilliant. David you're also from Wigan for your sins aren't you? Yes that's right yeah I do quite a lot of walking with David T who you, who you spoke to earlier uh, the majority of the walking is around the Cumbria area. Fantastic. Um, obviously, we got I got this kit probably about twelve months ago now, but it's as good as the user. And <laughs> sadly, I wasn't very good, so it seemed like a sensible investment to. So you've got an Oregon Garmin Oregon six hundred, haven't you? I have, yes. And you got bought that as a present. I did. I did, yeah, from a good, my good lady. And one of the key things I think we realised very quickly yesterday is it had no ordnance survey mapping with it, did Yeah, it? it was pretty fundamental, really, I guess, <laughs> in terms of me making progress. So, uh, so, yeah, that was useful. I mean, the, the problem is with a kit like that, you just don't know what you don't know. So to come on this very quickly, it became apparent that, you know, there's a lot of learning required and, you know, you've got to commit to it to get the benefit I wasn't even scratching the surface, to be honest with you. Yeah. So the key thing is then, at the start of today, which is now Sunday, you've bought map cards, so you plug that into unit, and then we'll be planning routes on going, yeah, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I, don't mind, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, David, but before you came to the course on Friday, you had quite a fundamental um, issue, really, didn't you? I did, yeah. Which was? Yeah, it was very unfortunate, really. <laughs> I could see the batteries were low uh, within my kit, so... Yeah. I, I spent probably the best part of 48 hours trying to recharge it. Right. Only to be told by my wife, well, are the batteries rechargeable, David? At which point I opened the back up and they weren't. So, <laughs> so sadly, uh, I've been trying to recharge. So that's what you're dealing with, really. That's I've been trying to recharge batteries that weren't rechargeable. And I, and I guess the icing on the cake was then, when I came here, we went out to do the session. My batteries then ran out, didn't <laughs> it? Did, yes. <laughs> and you've been borrowing my batteries since Indeed, then. I have, so I will repay that. <laughs> Interest, but yeah, so that's what you're doing. With, that's so what we're doing. With I needed really. to get into it, really. So, thinking, David, about yesterday, we say we created waypoints, we created routes, we've done back tracks, track backs, and we actually also created routes on the unit as well as Garmin Basecamp. What was a key thing from yesterday that you kind of went that was fundamental, or what was the well, key thing? It was a setting up, really, right? For the first thing, the preparation. Now, ideally, going forward, um, you'll have everything quite literally mapped out before you go. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's really quite key, and I think post this course, you've got to stick to it yeah. really and, and, and keep going. And I think the the assistance you can give us ongoing will be really useful. Yeah, because everybody who comes on our two day course gets access to our online resource yeah, videos and in this kind yeah, of thing. That's good. So we're going to look at that. So yeah, yeah, I think you've you've come from 
not really understanding it, say setting up the unit, setting up base camp today. So you're going to go away because you brought your own laptop with that setup. You've got your GPS set up, which you're never going to have a look at again. Mm -hmm. And you've got your map card. So yeah. going forward, you know what yeah. you need to be doing. Yeah. And Margaret, same to you, really. So again, you brought your unit from us. So it was set up when it came. So you I kind of understood roughly what you should be doing or not really. In truth, I just knew I used the unit previously as where am I on the map okay. and as a confidence boost and how far had I walked. Yes. So it's been an absolute eye-opener yeah. to start understanding how I can navigate on the ground with it. Yes. Uh, you know, I had a rough idea of the planning and putting the route, but the actual logistics of getting the route from my computer onto my device or vice versa, absolutely blank. Fantastic. So to me, now I've got a unit that I think, wow, mm -hmm. this can do all these things. Mm -hmm. and, and to be honest, I can't wait to get and do a walk in the North Yorkshire Moors in the National Park there and, and I use it so it's clicking onto the, the route and off I'm going. Yeah, because you've got the topo pro, so you've got the turn-by-turn -turn route within That's National Park. Right. So we just a bit of demonstration because David's got his card and you've got your card. And actually you can see how, how easy oh, that makes amazing, it. Amazing, really, to do that. So, yes, it's, it's made a machine that I took with me and this is interesting, here I am, to something that I'm going to it's use. It's interesting really because it's your second unit so yes. actually even so you, you've had GPS's for a number of years I know you've got a new unit this is yes. your second and actually now you said actually now I know what I should be doing with it how it's yes, working. exactly. So your first unit you kind of well you... I just used it as a, this is a little bit of a toy and this is where I am. Yeah. Yeah. So. I've not used it at all. I yeah. think it's it is a machine isn't it that it's like computers, there's a vast amount of things on there mm -hmm. and you only use a tiny little bit mm -hmm. until you've been introduced to it and then you start seeing, yeah. yes. Within. And the fact that yesterday we transferred a route from my machine to yeah. somebody else's machine yeah. just by standing next door to each other and pressing a button. Yeah. That Wireless transfer, re re that impresses really your friends when you're out and about. Yeah, that, that was a bit wacky, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, we did some research, I said this yesterday, we did some research with our database, and people who had not been on a course believe they got 30% or less out of their unit, where people who have been on a course believe they got 80% or more. So it's a big difference. I think you're kind of saying that from what you're oh. saying. I've had this unit before, I kind of knew what I should be doing, I could see where I was, but now I've been on a course, I feel oh. I can oh, use it. Oh, it's just incredible. It's just opened up a vast amount that's brilliant. So, so thank you very much for Margaret, David, David, and also John for speaking to me on the GPS Train podcast. And we're in Mongrysdale. The sun was a, it was a bit cold yesterday morning. The sun came out uh, yesterday afternoon. It's a little bit, it started off sunny today and then it's coming overcast. So we're just hitting our lunchtime. We have a quick lunch and then we're going to head out into the hills and we're going to put what we've done into practice this morning and put that um, and, and go out walking it and see if it works in the hills. So thank you very much everybody for joining me on this month's GPS Train podcast. Thank you thank very you much. much. To find out more about our GPS training courses, please go to gpstraining.co.uk, click on GPS training courses, then on the left hand side you will see the areas we deliver GPS training courses in. These are the Lakes, New Forest, Northamptonshire, Northumberland, Peak District, Scottish Borders and the South Downs. Next thing on this month's GPS Training Podcast is chat with Ian from the South of England, which is our South of England course. It's all about GPX file. What are they? What do they do? And we look at some of the websites that we can find them from. So welcome, Ian, back to the GPS Training Podcast. 
Thank you very much, John. I hope you've not been fighting your fans away too much this month after you appeared on last month's podcast. No, not too many fans at the moment, but there is always um, hope that I will have a few after a few more of these podcasts, hopefully. We all live in hope, don't we? We do, we do. So then, first of all, Ian, what is a GPX file? Right, so a GPX file, John, is um, it's, it's the common file that uh, can be read by any uh, form of digital mapping. It's, uh, you can have a GPX file for a waypoint, a route, or a track. And within that file, it contains all the relevant positional data, uh, elevation data of waypoints, routes, or tracks. That's fantastic. So that's basically what a GPX file is. So it's an electronic version of, what you say, a, a route or a track or waypoints. And then when we find these uh, GPX files, and we'll discuss a little bit later someplace where we can find them, how do we get those onto our GPS device? Right. Well, so once you've um, either from the internet or if someone emails you a GPX file, uh, the first stage of the process is to bring it in from the internet or da download it from the internet onto the hard disk of your computer. Brilliant. And that—that that is whether you're um, using Garmin Basecamp or um, the Expedition software for SatMap or any other form of digital mapping that I know some people still have like Quo or Memory Map. Brilliant. So we just need to import it into our digital mapping, and then from there we'll just send it to our GPS device. It's straightforward as that, really, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Just yes, like we would send a route or a waypoint or whichever way that we're doing there. When we've imported these GPX files into our computer and we've looked at them in Garmin Basecamp or some whatever other uh, mapping software, is there a number of things we need to look at and make sure this is going to work in our particular device? I think one of the um, biggest things that and you and I, we, we were chatting about this quite recently, um, you know, that the internet is a great resource for, for walks and GPX files and all the rest of it. But when you actually download these files, uh, <laughs> for very short walks, you get a, a just an overwhelming number of waypoints uh, in, in the route. So from our point of view, yes, it will give you a very accurate distance when you look at the route, but you've really just got to simplify it a lot because you certainly don't need the volume of waypoints that will that will come in on a downloaded GPX file from the internet. And, and because if we're looking at route, we do have a maximum number of waypoints we can have in a route, don't we? Yes. Um, I think it's about, is it about... 200 or so? 250. So we're looking yeah, at 250 yeah. waypoints. So one thing I find is yeah. that when you're looking at a GPX file, you import a route. Somebody's created a route of often a long-distance trail, and you, you can look at the properties of it, and it's got literally thousands of waypoints in it, where, as we know, we, we've got a maximum of 250 waypoints that we can have in a route, isn't it? Um, but often the waypoints that we download are often tracks, aren't they? So if somebody's uploaded a track, it could be yeah. a route or a track, couldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, if, if it's, a, I mean, I'm I'm one of these uh, people, and I think there are many of us out here, I've, I have genuinely never walked a track in my life. I always walk routes. I just think they're easier to, to use, easier to handle. Mm -hmm. um, so if it does come in as a track, um, what you need to do is, and Basecamp gives you the option, you can uh, convert a track back into a route. Right. Very handy little feature. Very good. 
Also, the things that we're going to look at is potentially what we call closed routes or tracks as well. So again, this is um, this is this is could be a potential problem when we're trying to navigate them, doesn't it? Well, yes. Um, I, I I mean, I um, when I teach Basecamp on my courses, you know, I say to people that by by closing a route, um, the, there's a very, very high chance that the GPS will take you from the first to last waypoint without actually taking you anywhere, exactly um, which is <laughs> the shortest walk in the world. It is. Uh, so people don't know a closed route is when your start and finish is literally you know, a few metres away, yeah. isn't it? Yes, that's it. So I, I always, you know, get people, advise people that, you know, you know, gen generally, you would always know the last probably half a mile or so back to where your car is um, or wherever you're staying. So, you know, just leave the last waypoint of your route far enough away so there is no confusion. The, the GPS just doesn't get confused in any way. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because often it can just say, so you rightly say, you can kind of start your, you know, where to, select your route, and it navigates you right to your last waypoint, doesn't it? <laughs> it yes, yes, yes. Very good. Yeah. So when we're downloading these GPX files, there's a couple of things we need to just look at, whether it's a route or a track. As Ian said, no, if you want it as a route, you can convert a track back to a route. Um, we need to look at the maximum number of waypoints. So we're looking at 250 waypoints if it's a route or up to 20,000 if it's a track. And we need to make sure it's not a closed route or track, which means that the start and finish are not too far away. So the next thing, I know it's a little bit of a dark art and there's thousands of websites to look at for. We're going to look at some good websites that we can find GPX files from. So I know on your course, Ian, I think you use a, a one website as a, an example, do you, on most of your courses? Yeah, um, I think a, a great a great website is Walk Highlands. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, walk, the walks on, uh, walk, on Walk Highlands it are very much, you know, as, as it says on the tin, John, mm -hmm. uh, it, their roots up in Scotland, but they are, you know, are, I mean, they're just hundreds of walks up in Scotland, all on this website, and it's and it's, you know, it's a great resource for people going up to Scotland. Yeah, and on our <laughs> online resource, which you know we do at GPS and the online resource, there is actually a video of importing GPX files onto your um, onto your well into Basecamp and then onto your unit for the Garmin users. And the example we give in the online resource is the Walk Islands website. So I think that's it's quite a nice. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. it's done properly and it, and and there the are often very good routes in there, as you yeah. rightly say. Oh, brilliant. Really the other, any other websites that you've come across in your journey around the web? Well, um, what of what actually one website I do use quite a bit because it's actually it surprises me the number of walks just just around where I live. Um, there's a website, uh, the Long Distance Walkers Association. They have a, a fantastic website, um, and you can literally search for walks in your area from sort of like short walks to sort of like the long distance footpaths that cross. Um, through people's virtually back gardens, mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it is a—I mean, it's a really good website for that. Um, and I've, I've actually used it quite a bit down in the Sussex area, sort of like not realising that. I mean, I know the long-distance routes that go through Sussex, but there—you know—if you just want something slightly longer than the than uh, you know an, an hour or two, then I say there's some very very good walks in there. And of course, we must mention our good old friend, the walking Englishman, Mike Brockhurst. So he runs his website yeah. and we featured him on our seventh podcast. If you've not listened to our seventh podcast, go back to listen to walking Englishman. Um, he's a really, he's a top bloke and um, he's, 
Do you know, he, he must spend so much time walking in, you know. I, I was just looking at his yeah. website on our course in the Peak District last weekend. And um, how many walks has he got on there? It's unbelievable, isn't it? Many. <laughs> <laughs> it's many, unbelievable. Many and they're all, they're all tracks, aren't they? Because he actually yeah. walks them all. When you look at them, he just starts his GPS unit. Because I had a chat with him. He just starts his GPS unit, records his track, and then uploads his GPS files. So they're not, he's not created these on his computer. He's walked every yeah. single one of them, which is an amazing feat. Yeah. Well, right? yeah. No, so it's, um, it's, it is a, a very impressive web, website. Yeah. 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 Any other websites that jump to jump to mind that you've downloaded routes from or, or GPX files from rather? Well, and this is a question that comes up all the time on my courses. People are asking me, well, what about walks near to where I live? And to be honest with you, I just get them, you know, I just say, well, just type something internet like uh, GPX files for walks in whatever town, village, county they live in. And I think we'd all be everyone would be surprised again the amount of walks that uh you know that people can down download um it, it's quite uh, you know it, it doesn't it's not a particular website just put those sorts of search words into a into a um into an internet search and see, see what comes back and it's always find many things yeah, and that's yeah, also a very good way of doing for your long distance trail. So if you are thinking of walking a long distance trail, you can just dot dot GPX no Hadrian's Wall Trail or dot GPX South yeah. Downs or and yeah. um, and of course there's the national trail websites and there's other websites. Yeah. Um, so you can just download those, import them into your route planning software, have them equipped once over, make sure everything's good, and then transfer those out to your GPS device. Yeah, I mean, I I think the you know I think the thing, John, that everyone just needs to be aware is is that there's um, very little moderation in in the safety behind the walk, so there is a bit of a kind of user beware kind of warning that goes with them, isn't there? Um, but yeah, generally there, or if nothing else, it gives you an idea of the sort of walking in a particular area that you're going to. Yeah, and, and that's a quite a good moving conversation on there. You are going to a particular area for a week's holiday. You can just sit there, can't you? Download lots of GPX files, you know, check them yeah. over in your Garmin base, come transfer them onto unit, and you can often go away with you no know, 10, 15, 20 walks that somebody else has planned them for you. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice, easy way, John. It's nice. We like a bit of easy. Like, it's nice yeah, a nice, easy. easy way to do it. Brilliant. So that hopefully summarises GPX files. So we've uh, looked at some websites, Walk Highlands, Long Distance Walk Association, Walking Englishman. And as Ian rightly says, we can just dot G, just Google or, or whatever search engine you prefer, just dot GPX file for whichever area that you're looking for. Import those into your route planning software, give them a once over and transfer those out onto your GPS device. So if you want to find out more about importing .gpx files into your device, there are some step-by-step -step videos in the GPS training online resource. Just go to gpstraining.co.uk, click on online resource, log in, then just go to Garmin Basecamp, select either your Windows or a Mac user. And then there's a section called downloading GPS routes from websites um, and then import into Garmin Basecamp and review them and transfer them onto your GPS device. The next thing on the podcast this month is a chat with Tom. Now, you might know Tom as with his Garmin head on, but on this podcast, I've brought him back with his Scout Leaders um, head on. So yeah. welcome, Tom, again to the podcast. Hello. So what's your role within the Scouts then? So I am part of the District Mountaineering team um, okay. down in Cheshire, uh, in our home district. 
uh, so I run a lot of the climbing and mountaineering that we do. Excellent. So uh, Cheshire and just into Cheshire or outside Cheshire? Yeah, well, uh, obviously they, I work for, I'm in the Cheshire County um, right. for a lot of scouting, but yeah, we travel all over the UK. You do. You go all over your scouts, don't yeah. you? So what we're going to chat about briefly um, is the use, how you have used uh, the Garmin InReach communication so first yeah. of all garmin inreach tom what is a garmin inreach so the uh, garmin inreach is a little satellite communicator and mm-hmm. um, so this can send text messages um pretty much anywhere on the planet yeah so we've got a number of models within the inreach so we've got the inreach mini so people watching us live on facebook you can see the inreach mini which is exactly what it is it's yep. a tiny little device we then have an inreach se plus and then an InReach Explorer Plus. So what's the quick difference? The InReach Mini is exactly what it says, and that's what we'll talk a little bit more about. But the, Exp- the InReach SC and the Explorer Plus, what's the main differences? So they're large units with a bigger screen on them, yeah. um, more buttons, so it's easy, slightly easier to use them from a you know a day-to-day yeah. messaging basis. Um, the Explorer Plus adds the mapping, yeah. the um, topo mapping for, okay. uh, for Europe on there. And there's no mapping on the SC? No, no mapping on the SC, no. Brilliant. But over, we've, we've, we've heard in previous podcasts uh, where our explorer actually went across the Atlantic with Duncan when he was rowing the Atlantic. Yeah. So uh, that shows it's performed very, very well. We need a contract with these inreaches, don't we, Tom? We do, yes. Yeah. So you need a subscription to get to get one up and running and working. It's just like a mobile phone contract. Yeah, absolutely. You, you pay in for how much you're going to use it, really, either on a monthly or a yearly basis, depending yeah. on uh, how much you're going to use it. And you can't talk with them. It's just sending messages. Yeah, so it? kind of three things you can do. You can send and receive messages, text mm-hmm. messages. You can be live tracked if you want to be. And there's an SOS button on the side. So if you're uh, really stuck, you can press the SOS button and get some help. That's fantastic. That goes over to America and they manage yeah, that. Yeah, a big monitoring station in America. Fantastic. So then... Um, InReach Mini, it, I say people are watching, as you see, it is quite small. It's quite a small device with very few buttons on the Absolutely. side of it. So how's best to use this InReach Mini? What's so it there's a couple along? of ways. Um, I tend to use it paired with my Phoenix watch. Okay. Um, from there, I can send preset messages and see messages that are coming in okay. you know, really easily. But you can also run it alongside an app as well. Yeah, you can you? run it alongside the EarthMate app, and that allows you to use your phone as a keyboard to send messages a bit easier. Okay. And also the new 66S works alongside it, doesn't it? Yeah, it works very similar to the Phoenix. You can see your messages coming in, and you can send messages right. going out from the 66 So you just tether these via, via Bluetooth or yeah, whatever via, device? Yeah, via a, a short wireless connection. So, so you've got an in-reach mini. It's quite small, so you can just put it on your rucksack or whatever you want to do on a backpack tether or a carabiner and then we can pair it with either a smartphone a phoenix watch or a gps map 66s which makes it a little bit easy to input that data within it doesn't it so you were out um coming to remembrance day in the late district were you tom yeah so we took uh 12 uh 14 to 18 year olds um for a trip an overnight wild camp and we went up to great gable for the remembrance service okay uh, sunday morning Fantastic. So, um, yeah, it was uh, for a lot of them the first time they'd ever wild camped. Okay. Some of them it was the first time they'd ever even been walking in the Lake District. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, we were um, in some not massively remote distance from the road, but, again, we were away from, uh, you know, mobile phone signal yeah. um, and things like that. So so you used the InReach to communicate yeah, with the, the outside world, the didn't in-reach you? The InReach Mini was, um, first of all, it was our backup device. Yes. So if anything went wrong, we've got that SOS button. Yeah. Um, it was also our means of communication with our what we call home contact back at home. Yeah. So we have a point of contact back at home. If parents have got any problems, need to get in touch with us, uh-huh. they speak to that person. That person had all our details for our in-reach mini. Brilliant. Um, so he could see where we were. 
he could see, send us messages, get in touch with us if um, if he really needed to. We could send him updates as well. So we sent him a couple of updates to make, let him know when we got to the overnight camp. Fantastic. We were up in the morning and when we made it to the summit. So when you send, other people can send you messages, can't they? So yeah. you said this 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 person who was like managing the, uh, um, the back of base as such. So again, they can just send you a text message. It just appears on your Yeah, own absolutely. It appears on there. It appears on my watch as well because that was tethered up. So while yeah. I'm walking... Um, the inReach Mini in, tucked away in the top of my rucksack in the lid um, and my messages appear on my, my Phoenix for the buzz. Fantastic. If anybody's concerned, you've actually got to send the person a message first before they can send one back. So you can't just get, people can't just randomly get spam uh, text messages. Yeah, yeah. You have to send someone a message first and then that gives them the authorization to send you uh, messages, yeah. doesn't it? Absolutely. Which is fantastic. There is also a way that there's a, a, a website where people can see that live tracking. Again, you can password protect that. Yeah. And via that website, there's also a way that you can let people message you as well so they can just physically type into that yeah. website can't they and they can send you messages yeah. so was it a nice night up on um no no <laughs> no it's about game. three degrees uh very windy and extremely wet fantastic yeah classic the, lake district by classic lake district leather and everybody it worked really well didn't yeah it? absolutely allowed us just to let the the person that back at base our home contact know that we were all all right if any of the parents asked you could let them know that we yeah we got to the overnight camp and we're all fed and watered and happy um, and it just gave us peace of mind that you know we could let him know if any problems um he could let us know if we needed to get in touch with him we could then go and find some phone signal or you know drop down to the road to get some phone signal if we needed to yeah, or something yeah. like that so it's brilliant. We were just talking before we started recording, we should have these conversations, but we use it a lot in GPS training. We have to have in-reaches, uh, we have both Explorer and also in-reach minis. So actually, if you come on a GPS training course that I'm leading, I just take the mini with me anyway, just yeah. when we're out and about, just in case anything happens, we've got that communication. And again, it's, it's so inintrusive, as, as Tom says, no, you've got a pair with a Phoenix, watch something, watch just vibrates and there's a little message coming or, or vice versa. Sure. Yeah. So it's a really nice piece of kit, isn't yeah. it? So. Anything else you want to add, Tom, about the in reach mini no i don't think so it's Very good. an amazing bit of kit it is and it looks light. so cool as well yeah. i know we shouldn't judge things on how things look but it does look <laughs> so cool so if you've ever seen an inreach mini please go along to our website which is gpstrain.co.uk click on gps store at the top and then on the left hand side you see garmin inreach dash satellite communicators and you'll see all the G uh, inreach minis listed there or the inreach units rather listed there and if there's any questions or any queries about any of them please do get in touch next thing on this month's podcast is ian's faqs i must welcome ian back to the podcast to talk over some of the faqs or frequently asked questions he's been asked on the courses over the past month we've had a busy month ian haven't we on our gps training courses both garmin and satmap we certainly have john yes i think i've been to to well certainly over the last couple of months i've been to all the locations i've done courses and i've had one or two one-to-one -one, um sort of like private days as well with customers so yeah pretty busy at the moment it has it's been busy and i've just come off the back of three weekends back to back in scotland and england and well sort of lake district and then also down the peak district last weekend so we're, together we've been working hard and uh, hopefully teaching a lot of people how to use their gps units so on these courses we uh collate or ian collates uh, some of the faqs that has been asked so first ian for this month your faq that garmin users have been asking you um Okay, John. Well, actually, it sort of like leads on quite nicely with the discussion we were having earlier in this po podcast about GPX files. Um, and the question I've been asked quite a few times is, 
okay, so I've downloaded something from the internet or found something myself. How far do I know this route is? Right. And it's a very, very, very simple answer, John. Um, all you do is is that when you're in base camp, you you um, you double click on the route that you want to um, you've created or you've imported into base camp, and another window comes up, and and it's got a whole pile of information. Um, there's some tabs along the top, and the first one it says uh, is properties top left, and it gives you a summary of the number of points, the distance, the elevation of the walk. It, so, as I say, it's got um, that's the easiest way to, to find it, really. Brilliant. So that tells you how far it is. And there's also a little graph tab, isn't there? Across the tab, there's one that's a graph which shows the elevation of that walk as yeah, well, isn't it? It certainly does, yes. And, and also route directions, um, which is really a bit like a, a, a little um, uh, route card. If you like, yeah. Um, yeah. One one thing that uh, I was actually asked about this uh, particular like window and what the information it gives you down the bottom left hand corner in very small type is a, um, a a couple of tick boxes. One that says center map, and the next one says more info. And if that little box more info isn't ticked, then well. To see the most information that you will find about the route, that little box needs to be ticked. Right. Okay. That's a nice extra top tip on your FAQ, yeah. which is really good. So yeah. really just so quick summarize for Garmin users, if you want to know how far that walk is that you've either imported a GPX file or planned yourself in Garmin Basecamp, just double click on that route. It brings up that route dialog box and in there it will tell you how far it is. And then also there's a little graph tab that will show you the elevation data within there. Next thing is your SatMap FAQs. Now, this is an interesting one because it's something we've discussed quite a bit. The office, a lot of customers have been on the telephone about. It's about beta version in SatMap or the official version. Or yeah, so really, what's what is a beta version software in the SatMap in, and when should we use it? When should we not be using it? Well, um, John, the, the beta version is where um, SatMap or any other company basically they release a bit of software on top of what they've already got, which they know is the official is tried and tested works at all costs the fit which is the official version and this beta version i suppose will add on you know sometimes it's adding a few more bells and whistles to what's already there um personally within the sat map apart from one instance about this time last year where we had a uh, problem with the beta version where you couldn't manually add a grid reference to um any of the um well it was to the active 20 actually that was the the unit we were having problem with the tens and the twelves were, were fine it was the active 20 uh, we had a problem with um beta versions work all the time and i think it what it does is it, it by using it, it gives you shows you um some nice extra little features um that are being released by satmap but they haven't been officially tested you know they haven't been officially ticked um off because you know they're still waiting for customer feedback sometimes things need tweaking um but i i always use the, the beta version in the active 20. and i think it's something you encourage users to do before they come on your satmap course now well you're appearing next in a couple of weeks time doing a satmap course as well is actually you do encourage them to update the latest beta version don't you yeah i mean i, th I think re the reason is is that um i ran a course again it's probably about a year ago and with certainly with the active tens and the active twelves, um, 
the the software versions are the software versions. Um, the sitemap have tweaked um, the Active 12 software marginally since their last official version. But the trouble with the Active 20s is that if people come, if people don't come with the beta version, then we're all working off different software versions, <laughs> and, and it's, it does become quite a nightmare because um, you know SACMAP will change the words for the same function, or um, I encourage people to set up data boxes, data field boxes on their map screen, and the way you find them in the settings, um, the numbers differ depending on what version of um, of what they is in the Active 20. So. Um, you know, pr provided I'm happy with it, then I see no reason why everyone else, you know, shouldn't update their Active 20 to the um, most up up to date version. So um, yeah, get yourself updated to so that beta version, unless there's a problem. And it is a there is a possibility to roll back, is there, Ian? If there is a problem, yeah. If there is if there is a problem through Satsync, um then uh, you can get yourself back. It will take you back to the latest official version. Um, one thing about that, John, uh, and you and I, you know, we've talked about about it quite a bit. Is um, there is the opportunity, the option in Active Twenty to update your software the um, via uh, Wi-Fi. Um, personally, probably a bit old-fashioned, uh, not wanting to quite go with the times. I still prefer the the hardwired option through mm -hmm. Samsung because I want to basically maximize the fact that I'm not going to lose anything over my Wi-Fi, which in certain parts of my house isn't great. And then you could download over the Wi-Fi that get has a gets corrupted in some ways that then causes you all sorts of problems. So, you know, I just like I just like the old-fashioned way, John, with a lead. With a lead. Plug it in and update and update that latest beta software and you also got the option to roll back. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Ian, for your FAQs this You're month. You're welcome, John. Don't forget, we have lots of tips and solutions to all your questions in the GPS Training online resource. Just go to GPS Training, click on Online Resource on the top menu bar, and then log in. Select your unit, and you'll see the top tips for that unit down at the bottom of the menu of each of the units. And finally, many thanks for listening to the GPS Training Podcast. And if there's anything you'd like to see us cover in future podcasts, please do get in touch. Especially if you know any unusual guests that would be happy to be interviewed for future podcasts. Please do give us a call, especially if you're thinking of looking at buying a new GPS unit. Please do take a look at both our physical courses and also our online GPS training courses on our webinars. Just go to gpstraining.co.uk and click on GPS training courses. Please do tell your friends about the GPS training podcast and also about GPS training and encourage them to subscribe in whichever podcast app they are using. And don't forget to give us a five star rating on iTunes. It is appreciated. Many thanks for Tom and Ian for joining me on this podcast and I hope you get plenty of opportunities to get out and enjoy your walking. Mm -hmm.